From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, May 19th. Getting a noise ordinance on the books was challenging for elected officials in both Moab City and Grand County. Now that they're written and approved, enforcing those ordinances is another hurdle. Today on the news, we speak with Grand County Attorney Christina Sloan about data collection, law enforcement training, and education, all three of which are facets of the new noise ordinance rollout. So Rally in the Rocks was held over the weekend. It was not in Grand County. All organized trails were in San Juan County, and their meetup space was on private property in San Juan after Grand County uh, formally denied a permit this year. Can you talk about uh, what enforcement sort of looked like over the weekend as far as uh, Grand County sheriff's officers are concerned? So the sheriff, I've spoken with him, and they did increase enforcement south in the county for the entire rally week week but really starting on the thursday so thursday through sunday morning a lot of that was based on spanish valley drive as far as we're aware we got no calls to dispatch about bad rally on the rocks actors on public lands so we did not as far as i know um, right now, we didn't get any calls or complaints that uh, Rally on the Rocks was running illegal trails on public lands or any of that. And so the sheriff's office efforts were focused in the valley and on Spanish Valley Drive in particular. The sheriff, he did say they pulled over numerous people and his expectation is about that about half of those would have been warned and half of those would have been cited. That's based on officer discretion, um, which is based on all sorts of stuff, but He said 90% of those stops would be focused on licensing and registration, and the other 10% would have been focused on speed. Um, But by and large, they're seeing that people are uh, obeying the speed limit in the city and the county, um, on county roads, at least I should say. They're not talking noise yet because we're still training the officers on noise. And, of course, we're going to do this noise event that we'll talk about um, at the end of the month. We actually just had our first training on our new sound meters last Thursday. Hmm. Um, And so that was, and we had five law enforcement officers at that training. We have two more trainings next week in advance of our testing event, and we'll have six law enforcement officers. Those are all from the sheriff's office right now. The city um, is a little bit behind us, and as they're building their new police department, they will be training their guys later in the summer and gals. Um, So, so when, when these stops are being made, we are not using it right now as an effort on noise education that's going to come into the future. And I will say I have heard from some citizens uh, south of town that there was higher noise impacts to some of our residents south and especially along the border and into San Juan County, of course, as uh, folks in, in Raleigh who are staying, say, in Rim Village or, or other similar overnight rentals are driving south more, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I did hear complaints from citizens, um, but overall it, it seemed like a successful rally on the rocks. So so you mentioned this voluntary noise testing event. Um, this is going to happen before Memorial Day weekend. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what this event is? And, you know, it sounds like the county and the city will be testing vehicles for noise what if they don't pass the noise test um tell us about that situation so the event is may 27th so it's the thursday before the weekend starts okay 
we did purposely pick a busy time so that we can be constantly testing and get a lot of data. So it's next Thursday, and it's at Sand Flats Recreation Area. It is for all vehicles, but obviously we are uh, targeting in this testing event, which is completely voluntary, and we're using it as a study of sorts. Um, we're most interested in off-road vehicles and also dirt bikes. Uh, so those are the vehicles we're going to be approaching, asking if they're willing to test, and if they are willing to test when they get into sand flats free that day. It's going to be from 9 to 11 a.m. on Thursday, and I do hope, and, and the test, we are, the test only runs for two seconds. Mm. So, and you know, in theory, we are going to be testing a vehicle every three to five minutes on two testing stations. Okay. Uh, so we should get a massive amount of data out of it. It's the data of the off-road vehicles and the dirt bikes that we're most interested in for two reasons. Obviously, those are the noise impacts we're getting a lot of complaints about from the citizens, but also that's the noise data that we don't have because the industry won't release it. And so we have to do our own noise studies to uh, come up with this information. The most comprehensive noise study that's out there today is from California, and it was in the mid-2000s. So at this point, that's pretty old data. And they did have mm -hmm. a decent sam sampling size of ATVs in that um, noise study, but we're talking a couple dozen maybe. And, and I haven't looked back at that noise study recently for the exact number of ATVs, but uh, a, a decent sample, but certainly not we, we want to collect more data than that. So we're going to be using it. We're going to be, we're going to have law enforcement walk in the line of folks as they're waiting to get in the sand flats to educating them on their noise ordinances, the noise impacts from the community, and then asking if they're willing to test. When we test, we are going to be tracking only the make, the model, the year, and the testing measurement. Okay. That is all we're going to be doing. We're not going to be tracking owners' names. We're not going to be recording license plates, numbers, none of that. So if there's a fail, then we're using that as a great opportunity to educate folks on how they can bring their vehicle into compliance. And that is it. So it, it truly is voluntary noise study. So it sounds like this event is more about collecting data for the county. Is that right? Yeah. And I would call this noise study, uh, the purposes are threefold, education of the users the training of the officers, because it'll be a great opportunity to train them, um, you know, in a really high quality way in a short amount of time, and then the data collection. And we hope to do maybe two or three of the, these total throughout the year, not always at Sand Flats. The idea is maybe we'll move it around, although Sand Flats creates this natural cog at the booth where it's both safe for officers because people are stopped or slow. Um, it also you know, allows a steady stream of folks and it allows an opportunity while they're waiting in line anyway for law enforcement to approach them and talk to them about it. So even though we, we might move it around in the county, maybe we do one on King Creek, for example, we're not, we're not sure about that yet, but we do hope to do several of these and we'll be tracking the data along with the city. And the noise expert we've hired is creating a noise management system. And it's actually going to be an Apple app that the law enforcement will, from both the city and the county, and putting this information to the app right away. That mm -hmm. way we can run all sorts of reports at any time we want to see what the data is showing us. Okay. Um, the county has committed already on our second meeting in January 2022, along with our noise expert, to consider this information and consider potential tweaks to the noise ordinance as a result. And, you know, why is data so important, uh, for, in your opinion? I know 
there are some members of our community who are saying, you know, just enforce insight, enforce insight, um, repeat. And why take the year to focus on data collection and education? One thing that people don't fully understand and it is quite frustrating, is the limitations we have in state law. So what the state law says is that we cannot prohibit or restrict street-legal ATVs on city streets and county roads. We can't do under law indirectly what we can't do directly. So we cannot pass a noise ordinance with a DBA level that is so low that it would create a prohibition of ATVs on our streets. At the same time, we want to get that DBA as low as possible to mitigate noise. We don't know what all of the different models, the DBAs they're producing, um, and really the impact of some of these aftermarket mufflers. We have been collecting data at the county for only about three months, and our total ATVs tested is only eight to ten of them. And so it's a decent sample size to start making law off of, which is what we did when we draft our noise ordinance. But we would all feel a lot more comfortable if we had a much larger hundreds of ATVs to data to draw from to ensure that this ordinance is both bringing the noise level down as low as possible to hopefully make an impact, but also not uh, being illegal. We feel pretty good at the numbers that we've set. We really do. We expect the noise data to support what we've done. But it could be that we discover there are numerous models that can't come to 92. And, you know, does that look like a prohibition? There's also, it could be that all of the models are under 92 or, you know, 98% of them. And we can start looking at dropping the DBA level to 90. So when, when we talk about reconsidering it, it would be both ways, right? We just want to make sure we're getting as low as possible and not violating state law. You know, Christina, this noise issue in Moab has become incredibly contentious. If I could think of a a stronger word other than contentious, I would use it right now. (laughs) I've seen um, UTV Utah and other groups on social media saying that uh, they can't wait to get cited by law enforcement. Um, They think that our noise ordinance is somehow illegal, and they're going to take their citations and fight it all the way up to the higher courts. Um, There are plenty of incendiary comments like these, though I'm not aware of any um, actual legal challenges just yet. Are you expecting this to get into the legal system, this this type of language to actually, you know, lead to some sort of legal challenge. Yeah, which is frustrating, quite frankly. And, you know, UTV Utah also openly criticizes the city and the county for not working with them better. But every time we've communicated with UTV Utah, it starts with a threat to sue us. So it's really hard to want to reach out to them and spend that time. I do expect this to go into our courts. I expect us to win. I expect us to make case law. So let's go do it. However, we want to make sure that we feel really good about everything that's in that ordinance when we get there. And that's what one reason why we're taking this first year to both educate people, but also collect the data and work with our noise expert as well to make sure that our policies that support the ordinance are sound, you know, that our testing procedures are hundred percent right on 
all of that stuff matters a lot once you get to court. So we're using this first year to both collect data and hone our system so that in year two, when we do end up in court, we win every case. Yeah, thank you, Christina. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention about um, our noise ordinance or education around it? I know we've already gotten some emails from folks saying, I still get woken up at 3 a.m. by ATVs. Why isn't the noise ordinance working? And and I do encourage people to have patience. We're working very hard on it. It's a conversation on a daily level with law enforcement. Um, There's also a lot of education with our partner agencies. Uh, UHP hasn't been involved, but we're trying to educate them on why this is so important, even though they're not going to be doing the enforcement, supporting the community and other law enforcement agencies. We're now working with dispatch um, because we're getting increased calls about noise enforcement and possible violators. You know, we're doing all this noise training. We're doing the testing event. I do think as well, by and large, the speed limit is working and that the ATV community as a whole is getting it. So you have these incendiary groups like yeah. that we discussed, but I do think your average user that's visiting Moab on their weekend off is trying to abide by the rules. And I, I personally, and I live in West Moab and I'm, I live near King Creek and I certainly have had my share of impacts. I, I do feel like all this stuff is working, maybe not as fast as some folks hope. Also, if you do get woken up in the middle of the night, you got to call dispatch. We don't have the capacity. We'll never have the capacity to have guys sitting on the street at 3 a.m. listening for noise. It's not going to happen. you got to call dispatch. Um, and so I'm, I've been trying to encourage people to do that. The other thing people don't understand is that the commission doesn't have power over law enforcement. We're talking about two different elected branches of the government, and it's really important that when people want to voice complaints about how enforcement is going, that they include the sheriff's office. And I encourage them to reach out to the city police as well. Obviously, the jurisdictions are different, um, but I think it's important for both agencies to hear those complaints. So every single time someone writes to the commission and complains about enforcement, I encourage that. I try to respond to every single one of those emails and encourage those folks to clue in the sheriff's office and the police department. You know, one last question, if you could indulge me. You know, I, I, I was hoping you could make a comment about the rumors that law enforcement don't want to enforce our noise ordinance or don't want to have anything to do with uh, noise impacts. Do you have any, do you have any comment on that from where you're, you're sitting at the county attorney's office? Individual law enforcement officers can be quite opinionated. We have dealt with this during COVID as well. And we have had to have conversations from leadership to officers reminding them that the law is the law and they're here to enforce the law. Mm. With that said, at the county, I'm not feeling it out of our deputies. I was just in a training where we had five deputies there and our next training was six. And all of those guys were into it. There wasn't one comment that was begrudging. There wasn't one comment making fun of it. All five of those guys are invested for this four-hour training. Mm. So again, I think that Cluing in the sheriff's office and the police department with all of the complaints is really important so that they hear that side. They tend to really just focus on complaints through dispatch or calls through dispatch. And that's such a small sliver of 
the community who feels impacted, who is upset, who is frustrated. And so, you know, they, they are starting to hear more from the community, which I think is important and is helpful to bring them around. I think they also really appreciate the support from my office and the agreement to take the slow, to focus on education, to do the noise study up front, to work on the state of management stuff, to recommit in a year, all of that feels really good to the sheriff's office. Um, and they also know that our state legislators want us to be doing this, um, and that's helpful as well. Grand County Attorney Christina Sloan on enforcement, education, and data collection around noise. You can find out more about next week's voluntary vehicle testing event at Sandflats in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, May 19th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.